We are the Coin Boys, your average everyday crypto bros. That's right, it's Andy, producer by the way, or producer BTW on Twitter, and sitting across from me is Danny Goots. What's up, everybody? At D Gutierrez84, in case you are inclined to follow. Well, we got another Block News special guest episode. And as you know, you can see uh, Ken Bozak's going to be on the show in a little bit. But I just want to talk about a few things at the top, Daniel. First of all, it's nice to do Block News again. We've had so many interviews, so we get to talk about some topical stuff, have some nice guests talk with us. Yes. Exciting stuff. I like, it. I like to relax. Because when we do interviews, we're very formal and you just kind of like... We have to get the information. We're we're making sure we're trying to so get so you can the loosen right your tie now, right? Yes, I took off my shirt. Oh damn! You see it? Oh, the, sorry. This is hair. No. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, so yeah, so uh, just wanted to at the top mention that uh, our website is up and running. People like we finally got that thing going. It's at thecoinboys.com. You could you could hear the podcast at Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Uh, we're really excited to have the website, and then blogs are coming, or they're there, yes, right? there's a few up there, and then okay. if you guys have ideas for some, let us know. We'll yeah. be glad to talk about it. Uh, we don't really report on the news, but we kind of like take a look at it and see the interpretation of it, and we also do some book reviews as well, so in yeah, case you're inclined to, to read up on Bitcoin. Wait, or people read books still? I know. Holy I crap. found somebody who likes to read books. That's <laughs> amazing. Like, tell, me, tell me what this book is. You sure people are doing that? Uh, yeah. We'll see. Anyway, uh, really excited. Uh, again, please rate, review, subscribe, smash that like button on SoundCloud, which I don't usually l- say all the time. Oh, he says it every time. I do. Um, but more importantly, uh, Ken, Ken Bozak, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us. Uh, actually, short notice. I really appreciate it. How goes it? Thanks for having me on. We're very excited to have you here. And again, it was really last minute, so this is really awesome to have you. Uh, so to start off... Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Ken, first of all, uh, I know like in the CT world, like a lot of people know you. And actually, uh, we recently uh, were at Blockchain Beach. So you were you were actually on a panel at Blockchain Beach recently, right? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, that was uh, pretty awesome. Actually, I was on the panel with Omar, Bam, Kyle and uh, Bitcoin Ben and a couple other people. That's pretty cool. And just just for people that might not know about you, can you just give a little brief uh, you know, summary and tell us what you do in the crypto space? All right. Uh, I look at myself as an enthusiast, uh, all encompassed in the space. I, I live off crypto. I use it. I've been all in for over a year and a half now. And I'm right now working with a company called JustLearnCrypto.com, where we're trying to build a website to really help make it easier and fun for people to learn about crypto and make it more of a, you know, a, a, a one-stop shop place. Like there really isn't anything to learn about things and stuff that are free. So that's what we're working on right now. I've just been traveling. So I've been to over 30 conferences this year, about five or six countries, just trying to, you know, surround myself with this space as much as possible, meet a lot of the people like, you know, Roger Veer, Tone Vase, Charlie Shrem, uh, Charlie Lee, a lot of these big people in this space I've gotten to meet this year. And uh, then I got to meet a lot of people in the audience as well and get the tempo, the atmosphere, figure out where the space is going as far as like on the ground, not just like from mainstream media, which obviously isn't the true vibes. Um, and right now I'm, I'm trying to work on my own podcast. I got it on iTunes. It's called Not Another Bitcoin Podcast with Ken Bozak, where it isn't a traditional podcast. What a great Thank name. You. Being a crypto podcast, we love that name. I mean, that <laughs> is good. awesome. Name. Good. good job. How did you even discover crypto? How did that happen? Uh, like, let's go far back. 
we know what you're doing right now and and you know i think it's awesome that you're traveling and you're right on the ground is what people need to realize we like to go to events too because you meet people in person than what you see on social media it's so different and your knowledge just expands mm-hmm. so how did you yeah. get how into did it? you do how did you stumble on it because um, we all stumbled actually, in it right we all stumbled <laughs> yeah no i did i fell right into it uh, accidentally like almost tripped and fell into bitcoin um all right. Yeah. So uh, long story short ish, I, I was trying to figure out how to get into, you know, investing. I, I was, you know, about to be 25, 26. And I was like, yo, I really should start looking into my future. I don't even have a thousand dollars in my savings account, <laughs> which I read an article about how many people don't have a thousand dollars in their savings for an emergency. And I, I, when I realized I was one of those ginormous amount of people that didn't have a, a rainy day fund, it kind of woke me up. So I started saving money and then I had a few thousand dollars in savings and I never had even a couple hundred. So I was like, yeah, oh, I should put this away. I'm going to get more than I would from my bank every month. So let me look into things. And I tried to invest in a few stocks. I actually invested in some weed stocks really early on TD Ameritrade, which did a did very well. I made a couple hundred percent on almost every one of those weed stocks. Nice. So that was that was awesome. So I wanted to look into more things. So I was like, yeah, I could get into this. And I found Snapchat was doing an IPO. I did not know what an IPO was. I didn't know what accredited investor was, or I didn't even know what a brokerage was. Okay. I was just starting to get into all of this stuff. And, um, I saved up some more money and I went to invest in the Snapchat IPO. And I found out that I could not because I wasn't accredited. And, uh, I realized basically that was just a border to entry to this, you know, awesome club that I'm not allowed to be a part of unless I basically just contribute to the profits of the whales. So it didn't make any sense. I was just really upset, and I basically got a vendetta, and I took all my money out of the bank. I, I completely sold all my stocks. I was like, I'm done with this system. I'm going to go into precious metals, and I almost bought a bunch of gold and silver. <laughs> but luckily, before I decided to do all that, a friend of mine that I just got a job where I was working for like seven years, years fixing cell phones i was doing like logic board repair micro soldering data restoration screen repair stuff like that and i got this guy a job my buddy matt and he was like dude you can get bitcoin from you know local bitcoins there's no kyc no one's going to tell you no and check out poloniex there's these things called icos that are happening and he showed me the uh the video for the ethereum ico and after watching that video and listening to vitalik speak uh, I kind of was like more interested in Bitcoin than Ethereum. Like, I feel like most people find like no matter what project you get into, you always go to Bitcoin, which was the same for me. And I found Andreas Antonopoulos and I yeah. listened to him talk about the Internet of Money. And after listening to him for like eight hours straight, go like dove right down that rabbit yeah, hole. That's, I that's... bought my first whole Bitcoin. That's a crazy one. That's a crazy right. rabbit hole to get down into, especially with, with Andreas' I, I wrote, speech. I wrote an article. Well, I wrote an article called uh, I Bought a Bitcoin, But I Don't Know What It Is. And I reached out to Andreas Antonopoulos. And the first 30 days I knew the word Bitcoin, I interviewed Andreas Antonopoulos with the Bitcoin podcast. And it was just amazing. And after that, I honestly went all in. I found a bit wage. I found Uphold. And I started getting my paychecks direct deposited into crypto since like 2016. Nice. Wow. That's cool. You did... uh 
you did it good. You did a good job. <laughs> so good. Uh, that well, I opted sense. out of fiat. I, I chose to tap out. I walked away. Wow. I did not want to participate in the system. And Bitcoin made it possible. Otherwise, you had no choice. Like Can, the the Federal Reserve has a monopoly on the way I live, and now they don't. Can I ask how you were able to direct deposit into Bitcoin? Like, was that something that your job had to so, do, or was it something you could do? No, anybody can do this. If you work at McDonald's and they offer direct deposit, you can go to Bitwage, you can set that up, and then you can set up your Uphold account, and they will have you direct deposit, auto pay, like they'll basically take your paycheck from a direct deposit, they give you an account number, a routing number, they transfer it into crypto, and they send it to your wallet. So you get your paycheck in private keys instantly, and your value is never in the system to be used for fractional reserve lending or terrorist attacks from the U.S. as war. I need to talk to you more about that off air because <laughs> I have a lot of questions. But that's awesome. That's really cool that anybody could do that. I did not know this. So thank you for that one. Yeah, um, before I found them, I used Coinbase for uh, auto transactions because you can set up, set it, and forget it transactions on Coinbase. So that was kind of my baby step into doing that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really, really cool. Thank you for that. Uh, so, so obviously all in. All in. You definitely <laughs> Which is great. Oh, yeah. I'm all in. I'm so cash poor. It's kind of sad. But I have crypto. <laughs> but I, And so, you can do a lot with crypto. It's not like you, you can. It's not like you're stuck. So let me ask you this. No, I do everything with it. Yeah. So, so you're using crypto. Like we, we have BitPay and stuff and I try to use it. Like even if it's something small like gas or something. And so are you saying that you use it on a like on, on a daily basis or how often? Yeah, every day, multiple times. Uh, I use Bit BitPay as well, nice. ship payments, the Visa cards. Sure. But I like to go to the Bitcoin ATMs. Uh, there are no KYC. There's a lot of KYC on the Visas. Yes. So I could go to a Bitcoin ATM and use my hardware wallet or my smartphone and send some crypto and without worrying about how much I'm selling or you know first in and first out, all that stuff that I really shouldn't have to worry about. So I don't. I go to those. Or I used to use local Bitcoins to do uh, transactions and actually make five to ten percent so instead of selling at a loss i would sell on local bitcoins at a profit to a long-term holder who would then increase my portfolio's value by holding it at an increased value from market price and i would take that money buy back my bitcoin and live off the ten percent profits i was making while flipping it wow that's cool that's a great uh, my well, goodness i guess what i yeah was, I, I use a lot of platforms too. I, like, I need I to give you all my money <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, uh, I guess the, what I was also getting at, I think it's great because part of adoption is using it, uh, even if it's an everyday thing and you're you're using it. And that's that's I applaud you because people are scared. What do you think? That's what I want to ask you. What do you think of people being scared of using crypto? They're like, I'm more afraid of using a bank account at this point. Right. I, agree. Right. I mean, I know it sounds all conspiracy theorists and like, you know, oh, dude, you're so privileged. You're a straight white male in America. How could you ever be worried about it? But like I do think about and I've had issues with my bank card not working or like fraud prevention, completely preventing my quality of life or, um, you know, uh, spending money I didn't have. Uh, because the bank allowed it and then they charged you for allowing you to spend money you didn't have and then damn well knowing you don't have the money to pay the tr the fee on because they know you don't have the money to even pay like it's just a setup scam so yeah. i'm more worried about using that scammy banking system than i am worried about the volatility system of of cryptos when i know i have my private keys when i know i have access to a network that will never be shut down like that gives me more confidence with my money than the bank does and 
to be honest, I used to be really poor. Like I used to borrow money from my mom to, you know, buy boxes of ramen noodles to, you know, cause I lived on my own. I had my own apartment. I support my girlfriend. Like it was a really bad. So like, I'm not even worried about having to go back to being flat broke and getting a job at RVs or something. I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is working my ass off, putting my money in a bank and then them taking it because we're $22 trillion in as a nation. Yeah. I completely agree. Like my dad is all is all about social security and doing all this other stuff. I'm like, Dad, I don't even know if you're gonna have social security. He's fifty right mm-hmm. now. I don't know if he's gonna have social security by the time he's ready to start claiming it. And no, that's what I tell my mom is every time I buy Bitcoin, I'm coming at your social security. I'm making it less less stable because I'm taking my money out of the system they're using to build social security. Yeah, and it's just been just the this whole thing. I, I have noticed one thing: banks have been getting a lot more flexible since cryptocurrency came out like we used to be limited to like i think five hundred dollars from the atm and like a thousand dollars from from the bank or something like that but now you can go and get they, they increase the limits not even close to what crypto has increased it to but but they're starting to to loosen, feel the pressure in the belt yeah they're starting to feel that pressure so uh we'll see what happens um, well, that's what happens when you're no longer a monopoly and you have competition mcdonald's could charge whatever they wanted for burgers until you know burger king and wendy's and now there's you know that's the open economy that's a free market and that's what you know bitcoin has done to the federal reserve you know it made it a free market now you could choose to use the u.s dollar in the banking system or you could choose to use bitcoin and blockchain excellent i love that Ben, can you 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 have absolutely like opened up my mind. I love it. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, <laughs> we 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 promote adoption and growth and using it. Like I use you know BitPay to put a down payment on my car uh, that I no longer have because I was in an unfortunate accident. <laughs> I'm okay, but the car is I'm gone. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, but I I took a picture in front of that car and I felt so good that I used Bitcoin for that. You know, the feeling was great. You know. I, I completely agree. Even though I lost it a couple of months later, but that's <laughs> yeah. another story. I, I feel you. I actually, when Bitcoin broke a thousand dollars, I booked a I booked a trip with Bitcoin uh, on Expedia because Expedia they accepts Bitcoin, it. and I yep. went to the Bahamas. Now I went to the Bahamas for a little over a week on a cruise, and that cost quite a bit. It was a few Bitcoin, and that was <laughs> yeah. when one Bitcoin was worth one thousand dollars. <laughs> At this point in time, I could probably have gone to the Bahamas for three months. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's it's the- weird because I I look at my Coinbase account when I had uh, a Bitcoin going and but i had used it right away because it was 250 bucks at the time when i when i had bought it and i needed the money for something so it has taught me to look at value in a totally different way though because people are like oh don't you look at yourself as like the 10,000 bitcoin pizza guy and i kind of do and i kind of don't because i am all in if i don't spend bitcoin i don't eat and it made me look at it like bitcoin is a better savings account than my bank it incentivizes me to be more frugal by nature rather than the incentive to spend money faster because I'll get more for my buck now than I will a month from now. Like if I had $20,000 and I just kept it in a shoebox for 10 years, 10 years ago, I could have bought a house. Now I could barely buy a car. So you have to have the mentality of spend it now or you won't have it later because everything's going up while the value goes down. Bitcoin's the opposite. So it's not like I look at it like, oh, I'm the 10,000 Bitcoin pizza guy, but I do look at things now in a totally different value state. Like, is it worth it? You know, and I look at my value and minutes and I look at objects and I'm like, is that worth 30 hours of my life in value or not? Yeah. 
I mean, I come from, you know, I'm all the way back to 2012, right? And I can't be mad at myself for not... I know Daniel recently asked me, we were driving somewhere, and he's like, so how much did you have back then? At the time. At the time. And I couldn't, like, I didn't really want to say, but, like, it's like... Because you feel bad. (laughs) I feel bad, but I'm not mad at myself. I'm just pro this space. Like, okay, I'm not driving a Lambo. I wouldn't buy a Lambo anyway. Um, So, you know... The thing is... It, at first, when you when you realize, oh man, I could have sold it for this much, you're like, uh, you feel a little bit bad. But then you're, but then you realize, if I held on to it, then it's not being used. The economy, the economy isn't growing. People have to let go of right. it in order for things to get up and yeah. run. Yeah, Bitcoin ain't worth anything if nobody uses it, and it's also not worth anything Thank if you. you're the only one who has it all. You gotta use it. So we gotta use, use it, it if we wanna use it or get lose it adopted. It. Yeah. Well, that's why I try to make sure I tip my Uber and Lyft drivers, my you know servers, bartenders. Every time I come into a situation where it involves a tip, I always offer to tip them regular tip and sure. then incentivize, hey, if you download this Edge wallet, it takes 120 seconds and I can send you some Bitcoin. You know, I'll give you an extra tip on top. And I'd say, honestly, like four out of five of the people I ask actually download it and come back and get their crypto tip. So, you know, it is one way to help that mass adoption out there is to just give somebody a little bit of it. It's almost like giving away a free red pill and, you know, and in the matrix and just waking people up, they choose to. Wow. Actually, that's a really good idea. I I don't use Uber and Lyft as much as, as much as I should, but, but that's actually pretty good. I use it a lot. Well, now you gotta start asking for I gotta start. So my, my, my challenge to you is next time you're in an Uber or Lyft, start recording and just start talking about crypto and see if you can pitch them to download the wallet by the time you get out. Okay. That's a good pitch. All right. I could do that. This is, I used to sell things. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> real, real quickly, Ken, uh, can you tell us? We're going to the World CryptoCon at the end of October here, and you have something special happening over there. What's happening over there? So I'm turning 30, Bitcoin's turning 10, uh, the Crypto Crow's turning 25 again, I think. <laughs> um, it's going to be a good time, and there's a lot of parties going on. It's, it is a celebration. It's, it's not just a conference or a convention or a summit or any of that. It's, it is a celebration with about 80 VIP elite speakers, three-day-long event. Uh, we have Steve Aoki as a night nightclub DJ. Yeah, I, I want to go. That. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited to get hit in the face with a Bitcoin birthday cake. It's insane. <laughs> that sounds yeah. Delicious. We were talking. Um, we were talking to them too, and they were the, what they were announcing what was going to happen at World CryptoCon. I was like, this is pretty crazy. It's pretty awesome. Well, when they announced Charlie Schramm was going to be there, dude, I almost lost it. I've been dying to meet that guy. I've been to 30 conferences, maybe 33 this year, and I haven't had a chance to meet him. I did go to two conferences he was at, but it was it was really not easy to get a hold of him. Like I got a, at the same conference, I got to meet John McAfee, but I didn't get a chance to meet Charlie. Like that's how secure and in the back room he was. But I hopefully, you know, the way that World CryptoCon looks like they're set up, all these elite speakers will be mingling with all of the attendees. So it's it's not like one of those throw you on stage, throw you out the back door, and get you out of the you know out of the country. It's it's going to yeah. be a meet and greet networking event. Like this is where the, you know a lot of like. You know, I think influencers are incentivized to go to make content, mingle, network, and set up interviews and stuff like that, meet new companies, but also people that are just enthusiastic in the space that want to meet people in general or find decent projects like what, um, you know, 
BTC, BTCC is doing. Bobby Lee will be there. Brock Pierce will be there. And you can talk to him about EOS all damn day. I did it, I did it on the cruise in the Mediterranean. Um, you know, then that's, that's a, like what I'm really looking forward to. And, you know, Crypto Wendy is throwing me a birthday party. So shout out to Crypto Wendy. Oh, I shout love out. you. She's a good friend uh, of ours. So shout she out to is her. so freaking cool, man. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe she's like, yo, I saw your birthdays this time. You mind if I throw you a birthday party? I was like, do you think I might? Like, I love you. Thank you. Yes. So she's throwing me a party on November 1st in Vegas during World CryptoCon. And that's going to be sponsored by MoreCoin, which is like the elite lifestyle coin in Vegas. Like, if you want to have like VIP experiences, you just become a MoreCoin member by holding a couple of their coins and you reach out to them and they take you on these like, crazy experiences like huh. you know crypto nightclub crypto strip club you can shoot live ammunition out of a helicopter and blow up a car in the desert what? all kinds of crazy <laughs> yeah dude more coins. This? Okay. true lies i love it man. i'm, I'm so, in yeah Vegas is gonna be a trip man i hope to see a lot of people out there but i think unfortunately we're at like 90 percent or so sold out and the venue the re is like 95 percent sold out for the rooms i think we're at like four thousand tickets or more so i'm like there's gonna be a lot of people there yeah it's yeah, gonna be pretty excited. insane we're gonna be going yeah we're gonna be there so we're gonna be able to oh, meet man, in person dude, you know cannabis is legal in vegas right well, it's, yeah. it's legal it here crypto? too so we're, we're fine well, either I, way <laughs> can you buy cannabis where you're at with cryptocurrencies not really uh no. i haven't tried i got a show for you guys we're gonna go to piso's dispensary we're gonna use tokes which is a waves token and we're gonna get a receipt Seed to sale transaction on the blockchain. With That's cannabis. cool. I right. tr- No, we want to go. That <laughs> we'll would be go awesome. With you. We'll go with you. It's oh, yeah. happening, man. It's going down. We're going to have a good time, guys. Like I've been to Vegas six, seven, something like that times this year for different events. Um, I think my favorite yeah. one was probably the DevCon. Those hackers were insane. I met that little 12-year-old girl who was hacking voting machines in like a minute or two. <laughs> oh, yeah. This I heard one kid her. was like 10 years old, and he was hacking his friend's Facebook accounts for fun. I was like, yo, get me out of this room. These kids, yeah, those, funny. The kids in the future are just going to be freaking crazy with programming and stuff. It's going to be well, awesome. Well, cool, man. We're excited. You sound you sound pumped up. We love it. Um, I'm, I'm excited to just go to this event. There's going to be a lot of people in the crypto space, a lot of people from the crypto Twitter are going to be in Vegas. Yeah. So that is well, also cool. That's what it is, man. It's a crypto Twitter party. Yeah, Legitimately, I'm, I'm ex- you got I'm I'm going to get a promise right here right now from you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Can we meet you in person once we see you in World CryptoCon? Absolutely. Dude, we have the yeah. whole influencer section, man. Like we're going to have a spot for all of the guys that create content it. to do whatever the hell we want to do and create content. So, that's we'll awesome. do a live stream from there and we'll show everybody the venue. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. That's dude. exciting, man. I'm excited. We're gonna have fun, dude. This is our event, so I mean, it, it's more. It's gonna be much more than what people are expecting. If if you've been to a conference before, do not be bringing your perspective into this one. This is a party, not a conference. Just <laughs> right? so happens to be a conference at the party. I love it. Uh, so that's awesome. We're excited. So we're just gonna quickly. Uh, if you're ready to go with us, Ken, into the section of the show, it's called Block News. We're gonna talk a little bit about news. So we're going to pull your head out of the sand. Just a little, just a couple of topics here. Nothing crazy and a, and a couple of fun ones too. But uh, Daniel, we'll start us off with Ripple, of course, yes. is in the news. Ripple has been making a lot of news lately. A whole lot of news for several different reasons. Um, but one of the things that they that they constantly have been putting out is that they're, they're 
partnering up with banks. They're partnering up with this bank, partnering up with that bank, partnering up with this bank. One they just recently did was uh, they, they partnered up with Santander or Santander, or Santander, I guess would be the actual way to say it. Oh, wow. You said it. Right. That's because it's Spanish. Yeah. And so, um, but they, so they're a bank outside of the U.S., but they're trying to make their way in. In fact, you said you just dealt with them for your so, car, right? <laughs> it's funny because before the podcast, he's like telling me about this bank that Ripple got. Then they're the bank that loaned me for my car that so I So I lost. didn't know that they had already made their way into the U.S. already. Texas, but, by way of Texas. But the thing about these articles is they, they keep on saying Ripple, Ripple, Ripple. And a lot of people out there are going, oh, my goodness, I got to buy. I got to buy. Or or even though it doesn't really pump up, but people people assume that, that that's a great thing for XRP. People have to remember, XRP and Ripple are not the same thing. Ripple is the company. XRP is the, is the coin that they're trying to use. And the other thing about these articles is they're constantly saying XCurrent. XCurrent is a platform that they're using to let, allow the banks to transfer money globally. Okay? They're trying to take over SWIFT. SWIFT is how... Currently, banks are transferring money globally, at least the major ones. Um, but the thing about XCurrent, that platform doesn't even use XRP. XRapid, their other platform, does use XRP, but they, they, they haven't even... Uh, they're still testing it right now. They released it, but they're still kind of testing it under smaller banks. So I just want to warn people out there, be careful of the, of the Ripple news that, that's constantly going out there. But... Do you feel, I want to put this out to you guys, do you feel that using XCurrent for fiat transfer is good for cryptocurrency in the future? Or do you think this is just ridiculous? Can I? Mm. You can go first if you like. Yeah, I actually think it may be a great trade Trojan horse. Um, I, I feel like the, the government may be getting ICO Ponzi schemed by XRP's uh, whole thing. With, like you said, Ripple doesn't use XRP in their protocol when they partner with a bank. It doesn't mean that the banks could be using XRP, the, the digital, not even crypto, the digital currency. So it, it's it's a hat trick, right? So when the government realizes they got BitConnect by Ripple, I feel like they may actually realize what's been going on and, and you know understand that they don't want central authorities dealing with currencies. Um, you know the banks the banks may think it's a great idea because you know Ripple's pro bank and they're probably in the room talking about how awesome it's going to be, but they're they're just snakes snake oil salesmen in suits. So I'm I'm actually a little excited to think that the, the bankers and the United States government and anybody who uses you know, Ripple's protocol may end up being duped in the future, and that's why they're going to inevitably, without a doubt, have to embrace Bitcoin or whatever the the blockchain or or the cryptocurrency in the future may be at this point. Um, you know, who knows? But I, I really think it is an exciting Trojan horse. I, I'm I'm very hopeful that they're going to come out with like shit on their face for this. So here's my theory, and um, and it's only a theory because. Aunt- Andy and I did a like a Ripple coin of the show, and when a while Andy, ago, a while ago, and when Andy looked into the people who were on the board, there were a shit ton of politicians. There was a lot of them, and in fact, they just recently did Swell, a Swell event. What happened at the or who was at the Swell? Well, event? Swell. Let me tell you about Swell. Oh, Bill Clinton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here's Bill Clinton. Let me tell you guys what Swell was. How they describe Swell in like a sentence. Uh, swell. Is hosted by Ripple, connects the world's leader, leading experts on policy payments and technology for the most 
provocative dialogue in global payments today. And they're, they're special. And that, notice in that sentence. Yes. Nowhere did they say cryptocurrency. Right. Nowhere did they say blockchain. And and the swell event also, uh, Ken. Just so you know, the Counting Crows were there. Yes. Okay. Don't forget a band that no millennials know existed because <laughs> they're from the mid nineties, yes. probably. Uh, on top of it, it was a two day event. Now, what do you think of? Now, it's not like Clinton didn't say any positive things. He said some positive things, but do you think this is just a ploy to like? like confuse people like oh wow clinton's talking with them well so this is what i was trying to get at yeah this is like putting ryan gosling on your ico white paper (laughs) that was really (laughs) funny when that happened i couldn't oh god it It is like the equivalent of that right like when you see bill clinton talking about anything to do with blockchain you're just like oh all right well sell (laughs) where the counting crows are playing but here's the thing here's so here's my thing that's a sell that scares me the the politicians know exactly what Ripple is doing because Ripple has politicians on their board. They're friends. That's how they got Clinton to the swell thing. There's no everybody knows exactly what is going on. Politicians love Ripple because it is basically a fiat cryptocurrency, the way it's being developed and the way it's trying to be utilized. Um the so what I think, and this is like me being very fuddy and conspiracy theorist, but but everything in my research kind of points to this. They're not using XRP. They're trying to use exp- XRP uh, with XRP and all that stuff, and but they haven't done so yet, and they're getting everybody comfortable with the X current, the fiat side of this stuff. So I feel like they really duped the people who believed in XRP by taking that money, selling it to, to fund their foundation, to do their company. They have a great company and they're doing really well with that company, but in zero way is any of that helping anybody who's holding bags of XRP right now. Mm. And I have a feeling that they're going to do it again. And they'll keep on putting out small bits of, oh, this X, uh, this technology, this blockchain technology is going to use XRP. This platform is going to use XRP, but they're not going to push it. I don't think that's going to happen. So that's my opinion in the future. Now, the other thing is XCurrent is basically trying to using blockchain technology to move fiat and and keep those accounts sh- straight up. But here's the, here's the thing. Swift at any moment, which is the current leader in the world banking transactions there, uh can easily add on blockchain technology to whatever it is that they're doing right now. Exactly. So, and the funny thing is Russia just walked away from the Swift system I heard. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, well, they should. <laughs> they definitely should. So, I mean, all this stuff that Ripple keeps on putting out, I, f- I'm just, I just have a big but fear. Daniel, they had breakfast in the morning at the Swell event. <laughs> I'm sure it was catered very. Listen, very any strong. man who has dated the two hottest women on Friends, it says on the website, private. Wait, why are they telling everyone that can't go to the breakfast that there's a breakfast? They're like. From seven to ten, so they can sell tickets. There'll be a private meeting, breakfast, and demo. Yes. Oh, I see. Okay, they were selling right. tickets to that. But the breakfast party. really, really excites me. If it's four hundred dollar <laughs> breakfast, it better be good. It better be the best breakfast I've ever had. Better get like locks and bagels and a whole. Ripple thing. has always done some weird stuff, man. You know, they did that what four million dollars Ellen DeGeneres with Ashton Kutcher, and oh yeah, they had Snoop Dogg yep. and all these other Snoop things. Snoop Dogg and, played you know, at their just, event. They're, they're really. They did it on Colbert. It just too. sounds it. I don't know. Why do people not see the scam in it is insane, but you know, there, there's know profits either. to be made in scams. You know, scams are profitable. Look at, you know, from BitConnect to Marlboro cigarettes. Yeah. So I think we're all True. on the same page when it comes down to Ripple. Because every time I see them, I'm just like, they don't even promote XRP Wait. 
Anytime they just constantly promote Ripple, Ripple, Ripple. Wait, but at twelve to one on the first day, you could have had lunch with Ripple. It says so. The lunch How? might have been even better than <laughs> yeah. the breakfast. Uh, I'm anyway, just kidding. So anyway, moving on to KYC. Yes, Daniel. you were you were uh, Ken. You were talking about KYC a lot. When did you first hear about this? That the acronym. Um, I I got yeah I got hit with it my first time when I was trying to sign up for um one of the exchanges. I think it was TD Ameritrade or something or something similar and i was trying to buy some stocks and i was like what do i gotta do this <laughs> it yeah. felt weird and um there was a couple things like coinbase did it and other things didn't and i just started to really question like why would i use you if i have to do this when i can use something very similar that doesn't require that and there's headaches involved if i do go through it and there's no headaches i avoid it like you know, KYC doesn't seem convenient or, or safe or for me, the user. It, it doesn't seem like it's in my best interest to do anything with KYC because I am uh, – maybe I'll mess something up. I'll forget something and now I'm in trouble or I could avoid all that. So when I started investing in things and started to look into that, I, I wasn't a fan, man. That's why I like local Bitcoins. And when local Bitcoins mandatory KYC – that's kind of when I changed everything about KYC and, and, you know, I saw Goldman Sachs circle pay, uh, you know, acquire Poloniex. Mm -hmm. And that day that was announced, I went live on YouTube and told everybody, get your stuff off of Poloniex. They will be doing mandatory KYC. It's inevitable. And they did and they're going to use chain analysis. Yeah. And then now they're using chain analysis to find people who were buying illegal drugs on the deep web by going through their transaction histories or, you know, maybe gambling and you were sending your gambling payouts to the Poloniex. And, you know, now there's just people I know that have money on Poloniex that it's too risky to even submit to KYC to get because they don't remember if somebody gave them Bitcoin to that, you know, exchange from a blacklisted address. So it's not worth it. Wow. So for those who don't know, because I didn't know until today, KYC stands for know your customer or know your client, depending on who you talk to. Um, and in regards to blockchain, Electronium is going to be the only one who is KYC compliant. Wow. Who's going to be KYC compliant, at least the first one as of right uh, as My of brother's right now. mining. But how they described it, I thought was very interesting in that they want to create a a kind of private blockchain kind of wallet with your information so that way when you go to a uh when you go to a website that is re requesting your information you can within a few seconds just click a button and they will give whatever information that they're requesting to them after you approve it so i and here's the thing: we come from advertising. We're 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 in, we're in entertainment. To make your TV shows, to make your movies, we need advertisers. We need people. We need to know demographics. We need to know certain certain information, so that way we can make sure that that our clients are getting the biggest bang for their buck. So I'm all for giving out specific information, uh, depending on what it is. But giving out a lot of private information, like how Facebook has it right now. Uh, and how certain other places are asking for social security and th uh, your social security number and things like that, um, to me is is very invasive and and actually the opposite of what blockchain technology is trying to. Uh, or is what what blockchain... Facebook has done to to gather KYC is so scammy and and unjust. Absolutely. It's insane. What they'll say is somebody has reported your account. 
account for fraudulent uh, identity. Now you have to submit your driver's license, proof of address. Sometimes they want to see your passport and stuff just so you can get access back to your Facebook because somebody said it wasn't really you. Get out of here, dude. They're just scamming everybody into giving up all that info. Yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 getting bad. It's getting real bad uh, to the point where I can find anybody's information anywhere if I just do a little bit of digging. Um, so I'm hoping that blockchain technology starts to pick up a little bit, especially when it comes down to social media. And I'm hoping that in the future this whole KYC um, comes out to be that they, they can give the demographic information without giving your personal information. Like if they want to know if you're a male. Well, that's what Civic and all these projects are. Yeah, I'm loving. It. I'm hopefully that this this corrects that that whole that whole thing. I'm hoping. We will see. Well, when we have identity on the blockchain ironed out with things like Civic and and other projects that are working on that, you can submit KYC without ever giving the platform anything. You know, they just say, "Oh, do you have these criterias to access the platform?" You submit your your you know QR code. You scan a QR code through Civic. Civic tells the exchange yes, and they trust Civic just like they would trust the driver, the the DMV who who issued your driver's license. They're just trusting a third party, but without getting the information. And with with blockchain technology, I feel better putting my information into something like that versus something like Equifax, uh, which everybody's information is on Equifax, which is a hundred percent, man. I love I love when people say, "Well, don't people hack Bitcoin?" I'm like, "No, people hack Target and Home Depot, and they steal your, your Visa information. That's what they hack." Yeah. Um, so anyway, moving on to our last topic of the Black News Evening is what I'm gonna say is I think mistakes is the way to describe it. Yes. The mistakes of crypto. Now, I think it would be fitting for all of us to share a story of a mistake right daniel that we've made in the past so that way hopefully you guys can learn from the future for the future so um daniel why don't you start sure this my is your idea. my first one um, uh the, and it's pretty recently that i actually did is those private keys are no way uh, a joke <laughs> um the moment that that those things go away it's sometimes it's very hard to to get them back uh i tried to open up a steemit account or Steam account on Steemit, sorry, account and I to try to do something for for a friend and I dumped the email on accident, thinking, oh, I'm gonna get the private keys on the website, but I didn't realize that the private key was sent in the email. When I dumped the email, it was all gone, so I have no longer any access to that. Now, luckily, I didn't put any any money in there, but any piece of information, any piece of email, any information that is sent to you from the from the from the coin from the token from the website definitely read thoroughly <laughs> as much as you possibly can because uh that you could lose some stuff which is never good yeah um i think mine and i think i've told the story but I'll, I'll tell it like short is when i had a hot wallet on my computer in 2012 2013 um i didn't really understand like okay, I was like okay, I have my 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 Bitcoin safe, but I never really thought what would happen if my computer got destroyed. Um, and lo and behold, uh, without me really thinking about it, I did write down the keys because it told me to, but I didn't really think much of it. And I hid it away and I forgot about it. But it turned out um, my computer crashed, and then I forgot about it for about a year and let the computer just sit there, knowing that there's Bitcoin there, right? Yes. So I guess my I was able to, over time, get the Bitcoin off there, luckily. But what I'm trying to tell people is be careful that you got to understand that 
you got to have your keys because even though a hot wallet's on your computer, it's not really cold storage. Okay. Yeah. So that was my mistake. I didn't understand the differences at the time. Well, I knew. I mean, I got from that is prepare for your or technology to yeah. fucking sh- just shit that's, itself. That's <laughs> the other side of it. Prepare for your technology. Do not rely on your own technology to save you. Yeah. Ken, what about you? Do you have any uh, early on mistakes? Yeah. Oh my god, I have so many. Um, I'll just pick one out of the air, dude. Here's a random one. Uh, I was doing a tutorial on paper wallets. So if you guys are listening and interested in how to make a Bitcoin paper wallet with BIP138 encryption, I believe, um, it's on my YouTube channel. But here's what happened. While I was making the tutorial, uh, I was on you know bitaddress.org. I was going through all the steps. And the Bitcoin paper wallet was displayed on the computer screen. So I whipped out my phone and I sent Bitcoin to the receiving address. I right-clicked on it, on the image, and I hit save to desktop. It saved the image to the desktop. I closed the browser. I went to the desktop. I printed the image. When I printed the paper wallet, it was just this static background image of a Bitcoin paper wallet. The private key, the public key, the addresses, nothing was on the image that right-clicked and saved. So what I had to do was a screen capture and then crop the screen and then print that crop, which I did not do. So I lost about – no, I lost – exactly 0.1 bitcoin in a paper wallet that i do not have the private keys to at all um wow. because i was testing out like running through it and i the funny thing was i wasn't even recording my screen i was just running through the steps like i did a demo like all right this is how i'm going to do the video and then i did everything and i went went to start my recording and it was like wait Oh no! So I actually kind of made sure I did it right, and I screen captured it in the in the video I made instead of right click save the desktop wow. because it was like one of those screen overlays where the QR codes were being overlaid and they weren't the actual image on the browser when you right click and hit save. So I have point one Bitcoin that I sent to the uh, blockchain to just leave there. So it's. It, it we've all it left Bitcoin somewhere on a blockchain. Yeah, I know I have. <laughs> like that, the amount of Bitcoin that they say is is being made—that's not what is in existence. I'm pretty sure a lot of that's lost. Yeah, and um, I guess yeah. the best advice is just you know really think about what you're doing. There was there was the the theme between all of us was like <laughs> what's the theme? The private keys you can easily lose those things. And you know what? That's also an issue for me is that we need to simplify so that normal people could come in and understand it faster. I think, like, as much as people might not like Coinbase or like Coinbase, their system is more relatable to people, and millennials understand Coinbase a little easier, interaction in the technology, but keys and stuff is still an issue for people holding on to, and, you know, just be careful. Figure out, and I I have advice. If you have a safe place you're keeping your keys, make sure one other person knows where they are. Someone you trust. God forbid something happens to you, and those are lost forever. Maybe your family could use those bitcoins in the future. Mm-hmm. So, well, there sh- are projects you could utilize for like a living will for your bitcoin. I found a project called awesome. DigiPulse. So, if you look up DigiPulse, you can check them Digipulse. out, and you can set up a will. So, like, if you don't interact with your wallet for a certain amount of days, say 120 days, you don't interact with your wallet, it'll trigger a, a response. To go out to people you've have you set up, 
and you can give them a certain phrase to use only if you don't interact with your wallet over a certain amount of times to sweep the private keys. So they don't get your private That's keys. Smart. They get an encryption that will unlock your private keys that only goes out if you have an issue where you're in a coma or a deceased or something else. So there's a lot of things being built around in this space that is setting it up to be what needs to happen to take over the traditional institutions. We are there. It's just so early. It's hard to find them all. That's a smart thing because beautiful death with crypto is a problem because people die with their keys and never told a single soul where they are. Not that I'm saying dying is, you know, we're all going to die, but I'm just saying that's a problem. And this sounds like a, a know, utility. Death, we got to solve death before we solve this private but key you issue. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's <laughs> why I say tell someone, at least one person, even if you don't have a program like, yeah. like Ken was talking about. Um, right. No, abs- absolutely. And then I, well, I that's wanna... what I like about Bitcoin, man. If you die, it's the only thing you can take with you past the grave. <laughs> you can take, you can take no, those private true. keys with you to heaven or hell, and you can probably exchange them for some favors with some angels or demons. Hey, man, as long as you Love have them it. in your head, you got it. <laughs> um, uh, and just to kind of an, an additional one, another mistake I made is I didn't do my research on the coin. And then I found out that the guy who created the coin had died six months prior. <laughs> And then the whole project just kind of bottomed out. Bottomed out, and so I spent because he died. Yeah, not a whole lot, but I spent I spent like fifty bucks on a coin that I'm never gonna be able to use anymore, or nor can I exchange because no no exchange will take it anymore. That's funny. That's a lot of top ramen you can't buy now. I know, man. Trust me, top ramen and spam and everything is just absolute. Absolutely, yeah. Mac and cheese, top ramen, spam, dude. You're talking my Thanksgiving. Let's do this. Ken, you know. A lot. You are very, very informed. I really uh, appreciate speaking with you, and uh, I, I encourage everybody to to go check out your your videos and your tutorials because you s- definitely have have a grasp on this. So because of this, we want to play a game with you. Yeah. Well, we we play it with a lot of people. There's been some contestants. Uh, what is the game, Daniel? It is called Shitcoin or Pokemon. Shitcoin. <laughs> It's like my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll tell you the rules real quick. It's 14 questions. Daniel will ask you one word that's either a shitcoin or Pokemon. You just have to guess either shitcoin or Pokemon. Uh, to win the game, you have to get 14 in a row right, which no one has done. But uh, Bitcoin Bella holds the title at 12 correct. Um, that's very hard to beat. But uh, Ken, uh, basically, are you ready? Do you have any questions? No, man, I, I've been to 33 conferences, so I'm pretty confident that I've heard all the shit coins right, that are out right. there. Excellent. Right. So, well, Ken Bozak, thank you so much for joining us today on Shitcoin We love it. So, really quickly, I'm going to say a name. You tell me if it is a shitcoin or a Pokemon. Are you ready? I'm ready. All I'm right. ready. I'm ready. <laughs> First one, unknown. That is totally a Pokemon, and there's... I think 26 of them. You are correct. One right. Orion. That's a Pokemon too, right? And that is a shitcoin. That's a shitcoin. What? <laughs> Steelix. Did Eevee turn into a shitcoin? <laughs> that's Arion. That's Arion. Yeah, that's, that's a... Steelix yeah, that's is a Pokemon. a Pokemon. Okay, that's two. Right. Droxny. What? Droxny. Please be a shitcoin. That is a shitcoin. Three right. Yes. Shuckle. Oh, that's a Pokemon. That is. That's four right. Torchic. Pokemon. That is correct. That's five right. 
Shekel. Mmm. I'm pretty sure that's a Pokemon too, but you're scaring me three in a row. That is a shit coin, my friend. Damn it! I should have went with my gut. Ninkata. Ninkata? Yes, Ninkata. N-I-N-C-A-D-A. Pokemon. Correct. Six right. Paxix. Shitcoin. Correct. Seven. Leviar. Pokemon? Shitcoin. Damn. Darsic. What? Darsic. D-A-R-S-E-K. Please be a shitcoin. Shitcoin. Yeah, I'm loving it. Sableye. Eight, Eight right. Sableye? Yes. Shitcoin? Pokemon. Mm. Medicham. Pokemon. Correct. Nine. Numus. Numus? Yes. That's a shitcoin. That is correct. That's you ten. have ten. You did wonderful on this uh, game. Ken, I hope you had fun playing shitcoin and Pokemon. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I can't wait to play again. That was awesome. I feel like I got to train better next time. Though. I gotta get you through, did like, really well. You did know, very well. I will you say are, you know your Pokemon. <laughs> if you can make it to ten, that's that's an achievement, my friend. That's an achievement. Yeah, I, I, I do know my Pokemon more than I know my shit coins. I can tell. Sure. I can tell. <laughs> well, uh, Ken, where can people reach to you? Where, where, where yeah, can people tell us contact all about you, you and see you? Uh, you can check out the company I'm with, justlearncrypto.com, or you can go to kenbozak.com. That's K-E-N-N-B as in boy, O-S-A-K.com. You can check out all my content there. I have tutorials, uh, videos, articles. I have a calendar if you need to schedule any consultations. I do one-on-one with people all the time. And uh, I do a lot of traveling. So just, you know, if you want to follow me there, go to at Kenneth Bozak on Twitter, and you can stay up to date with all my shenanigans. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Thank and you so much. And we look forward to meeting you in Vegas, which is soon. And if I think you're going to be in L.A. beforehand, so let us know. We'll go out for a drink. That's right. That's true. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll be in L.A. for the Blockchain Investment Summit. I know crypto man Ryan will be there from CNBC Fest Money. So you guys should check it out and come on down and hang out. Yeah, that'd be cool. We're Definitely. down. We're always down, especially when it's local in L.A. That's our scene. And just so our fans and any new people that have come along, maybe with uh, riding with in on with Ken's back, uh, we are the Coin Boys. We're at thecoinboys.com. There's three buttons there, Daniel, and one says iTunes, Google Play, and another SoundCloud. Whatever preference you enjoy, subscribe, rate, review, smash that like button on SoundCloud. Email us thecoinboys at thecoinboys.com. We want to talk about stuff. We want to debate. That's what we do. Yeah. Like we want to talk about projects. We want to talk about anything crypto let's do it let's do it ken thanks again man and take care we'll see you next time have a day